CCSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live Bible answer program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a question on the Bible or the Christian faith, you can call us at 1 888 827 5276. That's 1 888 Ask CSN. Now let's get things started. Here's today's host. Aloha, everyone. This is Pastor Daryl Skinner of Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, filling in for Pastor Mike Kessler. Uh, he's on a little break right now, and uh, so I'll be hosting the show. We always look forward to the great questions you call us with. Uh, we love to see that people are hungry and thirsting for the Word of God, and uh, the Bible says my people perish for their lack of knowledge. We don't want you to lack any knowledge of the Lord. We want you to grow in your faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So we try to make sure all of our answers are given to you from the Word of God, from the Bible, and uh, and just that you'd be a blessed people. So if you'd like to get in on our conversation today, ask questions or you need prayer, whatever it might be, give us a call at 1-888-88-ASK-CSN. That's 1-888-ASK-CSN. And we have some lines open for you today. And special guest with me on today, co-hosting, is uh, Greg Blunk, of Pastor of Calvary Chapel, uh, Rapid City in uh, South Dakota. Greg, it is great to be on with you. Looking forward to the program. We've done this before, yeah. and it's always a, it's a, always a great joy. So, tell us what's going on at your church, and what are you studying at this time, and and what what do you what do you what are you feasting on? What the Lord's showing you at this time with what's going on in our world? Feasting on, I like I I like that, Daryl. Well, you know, I I think. Uh... I think you know that the Lord uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So I qualify, I qualify there. Getting ready uh, in the beginning of the year, I'm going to start teaching through First Corinthians. So that uh, that verse rings true for me. But uh, but uh, the next uh, two or three weeks before we get started and all our Christmas stuff is uh, I'm doing prophecy update. I haven't done one since the middle of the year, and it was just time. So we're doing. We're doing three weeks of prophecy update and, and it never gets old. You know, you read through the book of Revelation, even just, just those few verses there in Revelation 13 about, you know, where he's granted power to give breath to the image of the beast. And you're going, well, how is that going to happen? Is it going to be completely supernatural or is there going to be? be AI involved. And then he says it causes all both small and great to receive a, uh, a mark on their forehead or on the back of, of the right hand. And he kills all those who won't receive the mark. And I'm thinking, how is all this, how is all this going to take place? And it's, it's got to be through AI. And you look, you look at all the artificial intelligence that's, that's just since chat BB, GBT. GPT, excuse me, came out uh, a year ago. Look, look how fast technology has has accelerated. And I go, well, well, how are they going to, you know, how are they going to be able to track who does buying and selling? Well, that's all going to be, that's all going to be by artificial intelligence. And, and, uh, and how are they going to have the big brother system where, where there's going to be constant surveillance well that's all going to be that's all going to be ai and you have you have guys like like elon elon's a uh, uh elon musk he's a he's a technology guru and he's coming out and saying hey man it's time to pump the brakes it's time to slow things down even uh noah yuval harari you know that name he is uh he's a hater he's a hater of god but even he even he is coming out 
and saying that, uh, that, uh, that AI could be the end of humanity. And I looked it up a little while back. Time, Time magazine front cover in May of this year said, uh, I, I think it said the end of humanity. And I'm going, well, people are, people are thinking about that. And what a great time, right, Daryl? What a great time to be able to talk to these folks who, who seemingly have no hope and are fearful. What a great opportunity for us as believers to help people realize that our security, our hope is eternal in the heavens. What about you? Have you done a prophecy yeah. update lately? Uh, we've, uh, uh, it seems that my wife says I'm in prophecy all the time, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I love Bible prophecy. We've been currently going through the gospel according to John. Uh, but before we uh, started that, I did do a prophecy update with what's going on in our world and especially with the activity and the war that's happening in Israel. We talked about the Ezekiel war. This is not the Ezekiel war right now. This is a war with Hamas. And of course you have Hezbollah to the north. Uh, but it's not the invasion as of yet, as of yet with Russia and Iran. I just uh, heard the news yesterday that the president of Iran uh, is over there uh, with, in Moscow there with Putin and so forth. So the alliance is strong. Then, of course, you have Erdogan, who is also involved in the Ezekiel War, which is Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39, uh, this mass invasion, and which is Erdogan is the president of Turkey. Turkey is mentioned in the alliance as well as the other Islamic countries, and they come as a great storm, if you will, from the north. And then God intervenes with a great earthquake and fire and brimstone and, and uh, pestilences and so on, and it destroys these invading armies, and it is for his namesake, the Bible declares, and it will happen in the last days. So those are the things that, you know, going through, and of course you have Matthew 24 and the days of Noah. We see what's going on in our world with the homosexuality, the LBGTQ+++++, the transgenderism and all these things are that are going on in our world are just more more uh, more facts to our faith if you will because the bible says this is how it's going to be in the last days my friends if you're not saved out there right now the bible's screaming at you to get saved jesus is calling you to come to his great salvation because don't waste another day you never know what's going to happen in your life and secondly these are these are the last days the rapture could be upon us any day now and any backsliders, return to the Lord. Let's get right with God, and let's go for God. But I'm excited to hear that you're teaching Bible prophecy right now. Oh, love and it. all the artificial intelligence. One time I had a question. I do sometimes on Wednesday nights, I do a question and answer period before I start a Bible study. And uh, they said, what do you think of artificial intelligence? Well, anything artificial, I really don't like. <laughs> I don't think you could, <laughs> you could right. really trust it. And the intelligence of this world is not very good. So... Uh, uh, they think we came from monkeys, and no, we did not. We have a masterful creator who created us, who loves us and cherishes us, who gave his son for us, and Jesus went to the cross and died for us. And uh, what hope we have in, in, in the Lord. So exciting stuff. But, you know, when you look at that image of the beast you were mentioning earlier, it's yeah. very fascinating for folks. There, It's the this, the abomination that makes desolate. They're spoken of by Daniel the prophet at the midway point of the seven years tribulation as that that image of the beast, it's its able to speak and do all these things. Uh, you know, I, uh, I used to always talk about a hologram that could be used and so forth, the way it would have its activities and so on. And then you, you combine the artificial intelligence and all the networking of the Internet and the banking systems. Nobody can buy or sell us. They have the mark of the beast. Uh, we're, we're ripe and ready for this. Wouldn't you say, Greg? Oh, no. It's, well, it's already here. 
And yeah. I think, I think it's wise for Christians. You know what? You know, whatever you do a prophecy update, there are most people just love it. And some people hate it because it's fearful. And one of the things that I told, uh, our church last week, I said, you know, some generation has to see the return of the Lord. And he told us the things that we can expect in the last day. So I just encouraged them, you know, just, just be careful about allowing your, your hopes and your dreams and, and maybe some of your very far off distant plans to be crushed because, uh, you know, we just need to be about the Lord's business. So allow the Lord, allow the Lord to be the one that, uh, that defines what's important to us right now. It doesn't mean that we don't plan. I mean, yeah. parents and grandparents, you want to raise your kids and, and send them to college. Well, maybe you don't want to send them to college anymore, but, uh, but you want to, <laughs> you want to think that they're going to have, they're going to have a better life than, uh, than you have. And, and to be honest, I, I just don't think that the end times point to that being that way. So, so invest the word of God, right? Darryl, invest the word of God in your kids and help them, help them not to, not to be comparing themselves to all the people that are around them and all the younger kids and what they're doing. Let, let these young people become students, theologians, little theologians for the Lord and be able to win their classmates and, and their friends and people on all their sporting leagues. Lead them to Christ. Cause like you said, Jesus could come back at any moment and, uh, and I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go, Daryl? I'm, I'm ready to go. You know, it's, it's exciting times. Um, and we still have a couple of lines open, folks. You want to give us a call? Give us a call. 1-888-ASK-CSN. Ask-CSN. 1-888-ASK-CSN. So let's go to the phone lines right now, Greg, and let's talk to Melissa from Oregon. Melissa, how are you doing today? How can we help you out? I'm doing great. Thank you. I am having a difficulty following the timeline of the tabernacle. In Joshua 18, verse 1, it says it's in Shiloh. In the book of Judges, in verse in chapter 20, it says it's at Bethel. And then in 1 Samuel, chapter 1, it says it's back at Shiloh. So where was the tabernacle set up first? Well, very interesting. Uh, my uh, notes, let's see here that I have on that is uh, Shiloh was a place in the city of Ephraim uh, on the north side of Bethel. So probably that's where you're getting the reference between the two on the north side of Bethel. Uh, and, and that's where Shiloh is located. And um, that's probably the best answer I can give you at this point. Uh, Greg, you want to uh, approach that yeah, also? Sure. Sure. I am so proud of you, Melissa. This is a good question. You're asking a great question. And what we have to remember is that the tabernacle was in the wilderness, right? The wilderness for, let's see, when they were wandering, they, they didn't really have a permanent home for about the first, almost all 40 years, like the first, first 38 years. And the first place that they set up, you are correct. It is at Shiloh or at Shiloh. And, and Pastor Gerald, I bet you, I bet you, when you've been to Israel, I bet you visited that location and it's a Absolutely. wonderful yeah wonderful place to teach the bible and and you're right melissa i think it is in judges uh 18 right there at the very beginning um but then re remember that uh that israel got a little cocky with it and it ended up get being captured 
by the Philistines, and the Philistines found out that you don't mess with uh, with the God of Israel because every time, every city that they put it in, they'd put it in a temple somewhere, and uh, the next moment, he'd come in the next day, and Dagon would be flat on his face his big statue of Dagon would be flat on his face so he was he was there and i think in all those five those five cities uh five major cities uh, of the philistines for a while and struck people with hemorrhoids it's not it, it's not a pleasant scene it was also temple was also in uh in Kiryas jerim probably another another place daryl that you're probably mm-hmm. familiar with in israel you've taught You've taught from there, probably from uh, uh, from that uh, that overlook in um, where's that overlook that that has that that uh, that first century wine press and it's got the um, it's near Kiryat Jirim. Anyway, um, yeah, it was uh, there and it was at the house of uh, of Abinadab for a little while and then. Uh, Gibeon, maybe, I think Gibeon for a while. And then, and then, uh, the house of Obed, Obed Edom when, when, uh, when Uzzah, right? Remember when Uzzah puts out his hand to, uh, to study the cart when David is bringing it into, uh, to, uh, to Jerusalem. And so it's there for a while. And then, uh, David finally brings it into Jerusalem. And that's where he's, that's where he's dancing around and, and uh, I'm not necessarily sure he's dancing around in his chonies, but he's he's taken off all his priestly robes and he's so elated to uh, to know that the tabernacle and the ark, uh, well, the ark itself is coming into uh, to Jerusalem. So does that help? Does that help, Miss uh, Miss Melissa? Yeah, my I guess my timeline that I'm trying to follow was if it was initially in Shiloh in Judges it says it's in Bethel and then Samuel it says in Shiloh so did they move it to Bethel and then back to Shiloh I think it may be what uh, what Daryl had uh, had mentioned uh, earlier that it was near it could have been near uh, yeah it says the northern northern region of Bethel so it could have just been the the verbiage meaning it was in Bethel as compared to naming Shiloh itself. Um, I'm trying to find the timeline if I can find you uh, some dating here. Uh, the book of Judges, and then you have uh, Joshua, and because we know we read about it in Joshua, and then we read about it in Judges uh, chapter was it 21? I believe it is, uh, and. We read about the end of uh, Joshua chapter. It's Judges uh, eighteen and in uh, and Joshua eighteen, I think. It, yeah, you, you have Josh Judges twenty one and and Joshua eighteen. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. And so, so there is a time period. What what the amount of years are? Um, I'd have to get up my other Bible to look up the exact kind of year that might be explained. Uh, Joshua has uh, date of writing is the 14th century for Joshua, and the date of writing of Judges is around the 11th century. So this is what you have as, as a timeline if you want to get kind of in that arena. Of course, you have the that's when the book of Joshua started, and then it was written, and then Joshua's life and so forth. But uh, that's about the best we can do for you this time, Melissa. Hopefully that uh, helps alleviate a little bit of uh, 
wonderment in regards to the question. Thank you. You good to go? Yeah, thank you. Hey, stay on the line. We'd love to give you a couple of videos, uh, God of Wonders, as well as Evolution versus God. Of course, Pastor Mike's book, It's Time to Grow. And uh, you get the last of Chuck Missler's uh, series on the book of Revelation. So that'll be coming to you also. Just stay on the line. There'll be some folks to to, to talk with you and get that uh, those items out to you. Also, you'll get the 101 Last Days Bible Prophecies booklet, which is a, uh, just a great little booklet to have. So, Melissa, thank you so much for calling to Every Man and Answer. Let's go to Quinn down in uh, over in Klamath Falls, Oregon, Oregon again. Hey, Quinn, how you doing? How can we help you out today? I'm doing great. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, question is, um, clearly Jesus is uh, for the poor and for the needy, right? Like Matthew 25, is, you've done to the least of these, my brethren, you've done unto me. And um, he's a father to the fatherless. He's a husband to the widow. And and, and that's kind of my heart, too, is like I want to I wanna be that, obviously. Um, but just, you know, we're from Oregon. And where it's a it's a state where you know drugs are you know, pretty much legal, and people just kind of choose that lifestyle a lot of times. And um, you know, I just got myself wondering, like, who really is the poor? How do I discern, um, you know, to use what resources God has given us? How do I discern who to give it to? Um, and uh, you know, I don't want to get to heaven and have the Lord say, hey. Um, told you to go to the poor not to the idolaters or to the lazy or you know something like that so um that's just my where i'm I'm thinking when that is a great question because there's so many people out there today they're constantly begging for money and so forth you're trying to figure out do do i want to help them you know should i give them money i don't want to be casting my pearls before swine so to speak and you know one one direct uh, statement by by the word of god is that we're to help the widows and the orphans, and those that are truly widows. So there's an explanation in regards to that, who are widows of the faith, and to help them, and then the orphans who, you know, their parents were have died or, or been killed. What, who, who knows what's happened to them? But there's so many people out there who they'll take the money, and they're going to use it for their for, for booze, they're going to use it for alcohol, and we're just extending their, their addictions, and we don't want to be giving them money. Uh, I, I know a story of a guy who was begging on the... Uh, Streets here in Hawaii, and and he had you know he always stands in the middle of the intersection there with the signals and all the traffic, and he'd be begging for money and he'd hold a sign up and he says, you know, wounded from Vietnam and all these different things, and uh, and then and then uh, and he looked real tattered looking, he kind of limp around, and then one of our pastors on staff who was a retired, uh, uh, what was he? He was a master chief in the Navy. Uh, he had retired. He saw the guy go to the NEX. He saw him get out of his car, change his clothes, his shirt, so it wasn't all tattered looking. And then he walked straight as an arrow without any limp and right into the NEX, the Navy Exchange out here, to buy whatever he wanted to buy. But whereas before, you'd see him putting on this performance that he was doing. And I think we just have to be discerning. I know there's times people may come to church and I need money for this, I need money for that. And if they need food, we, we'll just take them over to the grocery store. We'll help them buy some food. But many times they'll just say, oh, no, no, I just need the money. I just need the money. Well, we know what you want the money for. Uh, and so that's one way to be discerning and uh, kind of just find out who's who's really in need. And you got to be careful out there because some of these folks are a little bit nutty. They can pull a knife on you, you know, try to take your wallet or your purse, whatever it is. 
and and just be cautious with what you how you give and who you're giving it to. Greg, do you have any of that in Rapid City? Oh, it's it's funny that you mentioned that. It is becoming we are Rapid City, South Dakota. <laughs> this this little oasis in the middle of the country now is the second time, second year in a row, fastest growing uh small city in the Midwest. And so we're getting a lot. We're getting a lot of people moving here and and our homeless are uh, are increasing as well. And Quinn, I really appreciate your question. It just shows that you have a heart of compassion and every believer, every Christian should have a heart of compassion. And at the same time, we just need to have a, a heart of stewardship as well, because anything that we have is a gift from God. And ultimately, we're to be stewards, good stewards uh, of that. It's like Pastor Darrell was saying that very often it's, it's hard to tell, you know, you, you want to help everyone, but sometimes we're not helping them. We're enabling them. And when you look at the Bible with the Bible, uh, especially in the Old Testament, you know, well, Jesus said that the poor that you'll always have with you. And I think that, that, uh, that Jesus understood what homelessness is because in the New Testament, he says, you know, the, the birds of the air have nests and the foxes, you know, have holes, but the son of man, what has no place to lay his head. So, um, he, he certainly can sympathize with that, but, but we realize, uh, the Bible specifically would address, um, hospitality and when a stranger or a sojourner would come to your area, it was an obligation. It was an obligation to to help those people. The Lord wanted wanted commanded us, commanded them to uh to to help those people. And that was, you know, that was really on a temporary, on a temporary basis. Today, kind of like what Daryl was saying, we don't, you know, we don't want to have we do want to have compassion and we don't want to get um uh, uh our hearts so hardened because Pastor Daryl, he's had plenty of people just like any pastor has who, who have come to them and have not told you the truth on why they're homeless or what they need the money for and those kinds of things. So, uh, I, I tell people to, to exercise caution to really pray to the Lord. Don't just throw money at the situation because sometimes those people, you know, they'll, they're, they're, they're homeless by choice because uh, I was listening to a radio, a local radio program here yesterday. Hey, this is perfect timing, Quinn, for this question. And, uh, and he was saying, he was saying that everywhere, every homeless person in Rapid City could find a place to stay. You know, we've got, we've got the mission, we've got Cornerstone Rescue Mission, and we've got other, other outreach, uh, the Hope Center and other places that are willing to help people, but there are requirements for that. You have to be in by a certain time and you can't be drinking alcohol and you have to be looking for a job and those kinds of things. And, and some people just don't want to meet those requirements. And, uh, and that's where things really get a little more, more difficult. Daryl, do you experience some of that too? Yeah. Same thing. Uh, they, we, we recommend. <laughs> rehabilitation places and so forth. And, and they don't want to go there. They don't want to live by the rules. You know, the Bible says, do not be deceived. That which a man sows, he also reaps. If you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. You sow to the spirit, you reap everlasting life. 
it's a it's a law of God. If people want to sow to foolishness, the 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 lack of not working. Bible says if man doesn't work, he should not eat, because the very first commandment that God gave Adam was, "You shall work by the sweat of your brow." Uh, God wants us to be industrious. God wants wants us to work. But if there's people out there that don't want to work, they just want to live off of everybody else, and it's tragic. And you know what? We, we only the Lord can change them, but they need to come to salvation and be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Outside of that, you know, we we just you got to just kind of move on from them and and reach those who are in the body of Christ to help those in need in the body of Christ or in the mission field as we're doing works of good works to reach people with the gospel and so forth. So. I think orphans and widows is, is a great place to start. Widows of the faith and orphans that we can help and, and uh, set up orphanages and bless their hearts. Many times we get involved in uh, uh, set up little medical facilities in foreign countries to help the people out there as a witness. So those are good ways to do it. And uh, hopefully that helps you out, uh, uh, Quinn. And may the Lord bless you and just give you the discernment that you need. Stay on the line. We'll get you those videos and the books. And uh, I know that God's going to bless you as you have a heart for people. And that's the main thing. Share the gospel, love them, and see how God will show you how to help them if need be. God bless you, my friend. Hey, we're going to go to Bob in Kenai, Alaska. Uh, Bob, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. And that's pronounced Kenai. Oh, sorry about that. And, uh, Kenai. No problem. Uh, I've got a comment and then a question. The comment I heard about... Uh, helping somebody out uh with their panhandling or something and in those cases i never give money i uh i'll buy my burger i'll uh one time we were going into walmart and my wife my daughter got felt compassion for the guy there with his little sign and we bought him a rotisserie chicken and gave it to him on the way out uh and i've gone to uh you know i've had guys where I'll buy him a burger and I'll sit down and have a conversation with him over the burger. So, uh, but that's a good way to I do never it. Give, I, I never give money. And it's because I never know what it's going to, what they're going to do with it. But anyway, my question is I've never seen anything about a steeple in the Bible, but I'm, I think the vast majority of churches, Christian churches, have a steeple. Uh, what do you guys know about that? Well, I would say, you know, it, it's just a symbol of probably reaching the heavens. Many times on top of the steeple, you'll find a cross, and it's become something that's high up that people can view in, in, in the neighborhood or driving by, whatever it might be, and see it. But at this time, if you stay on the line, Bob, we're going to get back to you. Uh, we've got to take a little break here in the program to every man and answer. Folks, hang in there. We'll get to your questions in just a moment. God bless. ultrasound and I saw this little lima bean looking thing with a halo. When this mom came to a preborn center, a baby wasn't really in her plans. And I got to hear the heartbeat and I got chills. In that moment, I just felt God's arms come around me and hug me and tell me that it was going to be okay. After hearing her baby's heartbeat and seeing her baby on ultrasound, this mom's plans changed. My choice to become a mom, hear those little footsteps running down the hallway every morning is all because I had an ultrasound 
loved, it saved my life and hers. When an expected mother meets her baby on ultrasound, she is 80% more likely to choose life. Preborn's network of clinics are the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country and have rescued over 270,000 babies. To learn how you can rescue a baby's life, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. All gifts are tax deductible. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is frustrating. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65+. plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. Well, MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare open enrollment, which ends December 7th. If you join right now, your second month share will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. everyone. This is Pastor Gerald Skinner of Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. I'm filling in for uh, Mike, Pastor Mike Kessler and on to every man and answer. Uh, special co-host is uh, Greg Blanc of Calvary Chapel, Rapid City in South Dakota. Right now we're talking to Bob from Alaska and we're talking about steeples on churches. What is the meaning thereof? And my main thing was it's something that's reaching up to the heavens. Many times to put a, a cross on top of that steeple. It's something to view our Christian faith from from afar away. Uh, maybe you have a, a different answer than that I've just given off the off the cuff of my head, the top of my head, I should say. Uh, what do you What do you say, Greg? <laughs> yeah, Bob, another good another good question. How many times have we driven past, especially denominational churches that uh, that seem like they all have the same building floor plan and and uh there's a lot of that there's a lot of that here in uh, in the midwest and there's still there's still many churches here that uh, that have uh an actual steeple and and i think i think that they date back probably uh i don't know 1500 1600s because i think a lot of them you don't see the you don't see it that way today but i think a lot of them were uh uh the steeple was just part of a glorified bell tower and that the bell tower you know the bell tower was used lots of churches used to have bells some still do and they would ring them you know when it was time to uh to come for worship and like pastor daryl said most of them most of them will have a a cross on top and helps to uh to distinguish um, the church building from uh, maybe some of the other buildings in town and you could you could see it you could see the cross that's kind of cool you can see the cross from uh from a distance but those would be the only only reason I, obviously most churches don't don't uh, don't have them don't have them today and it certainly isn't a necessity but uh uh that would be my that would be my answer bob 
Hey, Bob, I hope this helps you out. We've got a couple of videos for you also, the God of Wonders video, as well as Evolution versus God and Pastor Mike's book, It's Time to Grow. We'll bless your heart. And uh, 101 Last Days Prophecies. So all these items will be coming to you. Just stay on the line. They're going to get your address and so forth and get it out to you ASAP. Let's head out over to Richard in Washington. Richard, how are you doing today? I'm scared. What are you, what are you afraid of? Dear friend, my salvation. And are have you given your heart to Jesus? The uh, I gave my heart to Jesus in 1972, and I backslid for a lot of years. And the uh, screener just prayed for me, which made me feel very good. Um, but, you know, uh, Richard, let me let me help you out a little bit here, because God, the Bible says God's not given a spirit of fear, but a power and of love, and of a sound mind. And many times when we backslid, we think, well, I've I've just left the Lord, and how could he ever love me? But you're calling in today, showing us that you have not left the Lord. The Lord has not left you. And I would say this much, you know, in First John it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who died not only for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. And and you know what? God is a loving God. He, Our Father forgives us. Our Father uh, will help us. Uh, Jesus has cleansed us with the, the blood he shed on the cross. He cried out for our forgiveness. And the Bible says that once you come to faith in him, that you are saved. And and you, you just all you do is just return to him and say, Lord, you know, I haven't done everything right. You know who I am. And I just pray you forgive me. And I know I'm going to walk in your ways. I'm going to trust in you. Now, do you, do you do you go to church, Richard? Uh, no, I haven't been able to find one. I've been considering going to the uh, Calvary Chapel here in uh, Kelso. Well, what, what I would do this Sunday, I would plan on it, find out their church service time. And just go there because you need to get in fellowship with other believers who will encourage you and pray for you. And then, uh, and, and you got to get yourself into the word of God. I'd encourage you to read, um, first John. And, and as you read first John, it's going to talk about us confessing our sins and the faithfulness of God and his love and, and goodness. And then uh, another great book to read. It's a little short, little four chapters is the book of Philippians. It talks about, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Beautiful promises are given to us in the book of Philippians. It's a book of great joy. And I think what you do, uh, excuse me, Richard, is do this. Don't look at yourself anymore. Look at Jesus. He did all the work for you. He died for you. He loves you. You were created by him. And he's the one to take you to heaven. And that's where faith comes. Your faith is not in yourself anymore. It's not in your good works. It's all in the Savior. His name is Jesus. Greg, I'll give it over to you. 
Yeah, that is, that's an excellent explanation. Bob, I mean, uh, Richard, I just want to tell you that we're grateful that you called today and Amen. anybody else out there who, Bob, I mean, Richard is not the only one. Richard, you are not the only one who struggles with these kinds of things. The, uh, the enemy, once a person is truly born again by the spirit of the living God, the enemy doesn't stop working on you. You know, he, he wants to keep you ineffective. And one of the best ways the enemy keeps us ineffective is by condemning us and getting us to question our salvation. Now, um, it sounds, it sounds like you, you've, you've done that. It, well, Richard, can I ask you this? It, was there a time in your life where you were, you were bearing Christian fruit, you were walking in the spirit, you were experiencing the joy of the Lord, Richard? Yes. Yes. Okay, good, 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 good. So, so you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. So is it, is this something that's been going on for a couple of years or is this just something recent? Uh, it went on for a couple of years and then I moved away and went to, uh, Multnomah School of the Bible. Oh, good. Well, excellent. Excellent. Well, the most important thing that you can do is exactly what Pastor Daryl encouraged you to do. You, you gotta be in fellowship. We were never, God never intended us to do this alone. He actually tells us in uh, Proverbs 18 that the man who isolates himself rages against all wise counsel and, and not that you don't have reasons for it. Maybe, uh, maybe there's a health issue. Maybe, um, maybe you have challenges within groups, but, but, uh, I would, I would go to that Calvary there in Kelso and, uh, and just share your heart a little bit with the pastor. And I bet, uh, I bet that he will do everything he can to get you plugged in and to get you aligned with some other godly men who you need a wingman. You know, you need a physical. Jesus is our ultimate wingman, but, but, but all men, all Christian men, we need a wingman or two in our mm-hmm. life that uh that will laugh with us with laugh with us when we laugh and uh will cry with us when we cry and and I just wanted to give you this one verse as as soon as uh as soon as you mentioned what your fears were the lord took me right here also also in first john first john chapter 5 says this verse 11 and this is the testimony that god has given us given us that's past tense given us not will give us has given us eternal life and this life is in his son, son Jesus. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. And this is the important part right here, Richard. This is verse 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the son of God. So, so you can't, you can't lose uh, somebody who is truly born again cannot lose their salvation you can't you can't lose your salvation and come back and lose your salvation and come back you can't be born again again right you can be born again once but the enemy has been working overtime on you so uh so just just glory in the fact that our relationship with him doesn't depend on 
on us. It depends on the finished work on the cross. And maybe Pastor Daryl can can uh, can pray for you real quick. What do you think? Yeah, Darryl? there we go. Heavenly Father, we do lift up Richard before you, Lord Jesus. We know the enemy has been working overtime on him and just he, he feels a sense of uh, condemnation. Yet your word says, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. So, Lord, may you just guide and direct him as he goes to church this Sunday. May he get into the word of God. May he just pray and seek you and allow you to work in and through his life. May he realize that you love him and you will always take care of him. And the joy of the Lord truly is his strength. May joy and happiness and fulfillment just be found in you and his heart and his mind, his soul and his body. May he just serve you and honor you in all his ways. And we thank you for Richard calling in today, Lord, that we could be a part of his life and in the fellowship of the spirit in the body of Christ. May you just uh, bless him mightily and abundantly. In Jesus name, we pray. We all said, all the listeners out there said, amen and amen. Hey, Pastor Darrell, can I mention one more thing? Can, sure, I, just right can I just reiterate what you said? Sure. Richard, this Sunday, not the following Sunday, not the Sunday after that, this Sunday, you need to be in fellowship. And I can promise you, the enemy doesn't want you there. So there's going to be all kinds of things that are going to come up between now and Sunday. You just you just need to post that all over your house. Just write it down like 10 times and tape them up all over your house. I am going to church this Sunday, uh, December 10th, 2023. And and there's probably somebody else out there in the listening audience that yes. needs to hear that as well, right? <laughs> I was going to I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> go and get in fellowship. All right, Daryl, I just wanted to add yeah. that. Hey, everybody, let's go to church this Sunday. Let's get into the Word of God. And folks, bring your unsaved family member or friend or coworker, whoever it is. Keep inviting them. The, the, uh, the, was it? the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? You keep inviting them and get them, get them to church. You know, there come a point in time where you say, okay, I'm going to go. I'm so tired of you asking me all the time. And you know what? They get there and the Word of God is preached and taught and the Holy Spirit's working on their heart. And it may be their day of salvation this Sunday especially as we're approaching this beautiful celebration of Christmas, the birth of our Savior. Amen? So let's go for God in that direction. Hey, Richard, stay on the line. We've got some gifts for you, those DVDs and booklets. Love to give it to you. Stay on the line. Let's go to John in Pembroke, Pembroke, Massachusetts. John, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing well, thank you. Um, I got a question for you. Uh, it's uh, I'm right back to the garden, okay? Um, God, it's, it's said that... Um, that he puts enmity between thy seed, my seed, and thy seed, and um, they didn't. They did not cover their genitalia because of um, eating an apple. All right, the the the, the uh, there was actually um, there was a a, a sexual um, thing that happened in the garden between the. Um, what they they put down as a serpent and the the seed is god's seed of the holy spirit and the the seed of the enemy and um that's the whole battle comes through um when it talks about the 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 mighty men um coming into the women and it's all corruption of of the basic dna noah was seen pure because he was his his DNA was pure, and that's why Christ goes to the cross because 
we were all born dead. That's why we need to be born again. And Christ ta- takes back the kingdom at the cross. And um, I'm wondering um, why nobody speaks of what truly happened in the garden. Well, you know, John, you, you got a few things right and a few things wrong. So I'm going to hand over to Greg and let him uh, let him yeah. share, and then I'll share after after him. So yeah, I uh, just want I just want to clar- clarify, John. Are are you are you saying that that Eve had sexual relations with the serpent? Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, obviously there's no, there's no biblical. That's one of the things that Daryl is probably saying that, Hey, we got a few things right and a few things wrong. That would definitely be one that is wrong because there's no, there's no biblical, there's no biblical evidence of that at all. Um, as far as, as far as putting enmity between, um, uh, his seed, God's seed and, uh, and theirs is that, you know, um, the question comes up: Why? Why would God put enmity or hostility or, or uh, another word, antagonism, you know, or bad feelings between the serpent and the woman? And uh, and it's plausible that the enemy was trying to 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 continue allegiance, you know, allegiance to him because Eve is the one who who ate of the forbidden fruit, and then uh, <laughs> and then her, and then her boy Adam. Which who should have known better? They both should have known better, but uh, but he uh, he partakes as as uh, as well, and and obviously that's why they had to cover themselves. So that's why God they covered themselves because they were naked and uh, <laughs> they were they were naked and afraid. <laughs> that's where they got the name of the program from, probably. But they were naked and very very afraid because they know they knew that they had disobeyed what God had called them to do. Pastor Darrell? Yeah, you know, in the in the book of Genesis, we read the following. God has it says here that, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made, and said to the, and said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. So he's in rebellion against God, rebellion against God's word. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will, you will, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband and he, with her and he ate. The eyes of both of them were open, and they knew they were naked. In other words, shame it came into their lives, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. So there's nothing in there that gives reference to any kind of sexual connotation that she had a relationship with the serpent. Uh, Satan came in as a serpent, and this serpent was upright because the curse upon the serpent was that he'd crawl on his belly for the rest of his being, his time, and eat the dust of the earth. And the the deal was this, they disobeyed God and they obeyed the devil. And thus they know good and evil. Yeah, he was right about that. He it, God is good and the devil is evil. And now they vacillate between good and evil. Now sin has started and now sin is passed on to every man and woman on planet earth. We all inherit that sin nature. And when you look to uh, someone like Noah, he he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. 
but he too was a sinner. He needed God's uh, salvation, looking to the Messiah to come, as we look to the Messiah who came uh, in our day. And so we need to be born again of the Holy Spirit because uh, instead we're going to be ruled by fleshly appetites and the soul, then the spirit, which is the sin nature. But when you become born again, as you place faith in Jesus Christ, then you flip the order and now you're born again of the spirit and now the soul and then the bodies last because we're repentant of our sins and we're not going to live for the flesh. Now we always want to do good because God is good and we have the the ability to overcome the evil that's within us because of the power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ, who's now we're emulating his life. So this is what happens. The enmity between the seeds, it is because Satan's seed of sin is going to be battling against that which is going to be the lineage of, of the Messiah to come, the Christ and Savior. And of course, throughout history, God has propels us through the scriptures of those of faith. We get to Abraham, the friend of God, and so forth, and propels us in that region of faith and Moses and so and then David and then how the Messiah would come and be born so nobody can be deceived and we realize the truth Jesus is the way the truth and life no man comes to the father except through him and when you come to him your sins will be forgiven you'll be born again of the Holy Spirit and your life will change but we still see the war going on between Satan coming against God's kingdom and against Christ uh, to this very day we're being persecuted as believers so this is the enmity that goes on, and uh, Satan thought he had really won when Jesus died on the cross, but Jesus being sinless, he rose from the grave. He conquered sin, death, and the Bible says he conquered the devil himself, and then he ascends to heaven 40 days later. So this is the, the great story of what we call the good news, the gospel, and so hopefully it helps straighten out some things for you, and uh, and it's it's uh, they cover themselves because they, they, they had experienced shame. Before that, there was purity, and now they have shame, and so they cover themselves, and then God covers them with animal skins a little bit later as he covers them uh, for their shame and so forth. And that was the first sacrifice of of any animal at that time, which Jesus then will become the Lamb of God who dies for the sins of the world. So uh, uh, God's ways are are holy and righteous and, and perfect, and he, he just lays it all out in, in, in prophecy, and he shows us the way. So stand on the line, John, and we want to get you these videos, the God of Wonders, Evolution versus God, and the booklet, It's Time to Grow by Pastor uh, Pastor Mike Kessler. And hopefully that'll help you out. And we'll, we'll continue on. We'll get to uh, Gloria in St. Louis, Missouri. Gloria, God bless you. What do you got for us today? Hi. I just wanted, I'm just curious to know, like, what are your thoughts on, uh, like, the rapture? Like, right after the rapture takes place, even the next day, what the state of the earth will be like, what what the state of the world will be like. Like, I know it's going to be, it may be chaotic, but I'm just wanting to know your opinion on what's your view. Like, how do you imagine that? Good question. I think it's going to be absolute chaos. There could be airplanes falling out of the sky. All these cars are abandoned on the, on the, during the rush hour, <laughs> if it happens during that time. Uh, there's probably going to be fires in different places because of things that are left burning in homes or whatever it might be. It's going to be absolute chaos with all these people that leave planet Earth. Uh, and then they'll have to redirect the world, will redirect itself. And, and also, who's going to come into the leadership role? Well, he's going to be known as the Antichrist. And he's going to fill that void. And, and he's going to be a world leader, a miracle worker. And he's going to have all these explanations about what happened to all these people on planet Earth. Were we abducted by aliens? Were we not ready for a new age? So we we're all purged off of planet Earth. 
there's going to be some phenomenal uh, statement he'll make. It's going to be the lie through Satan, a deception. It's going to go across the world, and the world will gravitate towards him and think, this is the miracle worker. And they'll think he's going to be the savior and the new Mashiach for the new age. Lead us into uh, whatever uh, green environment they want to have <laughs> and so forth. But uh, I think it's going to be absolutely chaotic when the rapture hits. But they'll they'll come together around this one world leader. Uh, Greg, what do you say? Yeah, I agree 100%. It's going to be nutty. You know, there's a uh, a new word that's been added to the dictionary recently. It's called polycrisis. And... Uh, uh, even, uh, even, um, the FBI director, Director Ray said yesterday when he was appearing before a Senate subcommittee that he has never seen, uh, so many, so many dangerous things going on all at the same time, including, including terrorism. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking how nervous and how, how fretful people are about that. Can you imagine? When millions and millions of people are off the planet in the twinkling, right? In the twinkling of an eye. Now, like, uh, like Pastor Darrell said, some people are just going to say, this is what we've been waiting for. Now we can have the, uh, the utopian. They don't, the bad guys won't tell you it's going to be dystopian. They tell you it's going to be utopian. And finally, you know, all those Bible thumpers, all those people that claim to love, to love Jesus, that uh that uh, those guys are all gone they they've they've been keeping us from progressing to our uh, our next level in uh uh in human evolution and so some people are saying that's going to be great but it's going to be it's uh, chaos doesn't even start to describe exactly what's going to be going on just 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 think about <laughs> All those people are gone, you know, in, in a, in a moment. And people are, people are going to be very, very nervous because a lot of them are going to know that what we witnessed to them, what we witnessed to them was true after all. So, so if you're out there and, and maybe you, you would be honest, maybe you've got one foot in the world and, and, and one, one foot in God's kingdom sell out get those feet out of the world right now you don't want to take a gamble in your relationship with jesus you want to solidify not live your life with a question mark that you belong to jesus because as daryl said a couple of times even in this broadcast nothing nothing biblically has to happen before the return of christ and as we would believe we would believe in a pre-tribulation rapture that soon after that, Daniel uh, 9 tells us there's going to be a signing of the covenant by the Antichrist with many, probably as something that uh, that is a result of uh, of the rapture of the church. So, Pastor Darrell? Oh, great answer, Greg, and thank you so much. It's been a joy being on with you, and folks, we're out of time. Glorious, stay on the line. We'd love to give you those gifts. Folks, may you have a beautiful week, and go to church Sunday, get into the Word of God. May you be blessed in the joy of the Lord. God bless you all. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226. 
or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes Store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash TEMA. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 